Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Well, hey, we're excited about this new year. We're going into a new series, and I get to kick it off today. Uh, it's called RE, R-E. And today's message is Recover. And uh, I know that a lot of us are very, very excited that 2020 is over with. That may be the understatement of the year. But if I were to ask you for a show of hands, if I could, uh, and ask how many of you kept your New Year's resolutions last year, uh, there probably wouldn't be a lot of you that raised your hands. Uh, and rightly so, maybe. I mean, we got uh, ambushed by this pandemic. But I want to ask you, how is this year going to be different? How, how is this new year uh, going to be just that, a new year for you? I mean, God brings us life in bite-sized pieces. He does that in hours and days and months and years. And for every year, or for that matter, every single day, he says, hey, let's wipe the slate clean, all right? And let's start brand new. And here we are poised with a brand new year. We're on day three, and we get the opportunity for a fresh new start. That's what I love about being a believer. I mean, every day is a new is a new day. And that's one of the things that, uh, uh, one of the reasons I say that failure is one word to a believer. That's learning. You know, our failures, they don't define us. They refine us. And the reason is because we get to learn and make ourselves better because of them and how you view your uh, your failures, well, it's a choice. But how is this year going to be any different? How is it going to be better? I think the key is this. We have to have a plan, and it has to be in writing, all right? Now, look, this may be semantics, uh, but I don't make New Year's resolutions. I set goals, and uh, I usually set three or four personal goals, and I use Luke 2.52 as a benchmark for that. It gives us four ways that Jesus grew. And I'll then set uh, some goals for me and Renee. I'll set uh, a couple of, uh, of family goals, and I'll set three or four ministry goals, and so on and so forth. Uh, but an article that I've been reading and I'm going to cite from a couple of times today is Forbes says this, that 80% of us throw out our New Year's resolutions by February 1st. Only 8% of us uh, on average uh, achieve our New Year's resolutions every year. And there are several reasons for this. The first one is, is we just choose too many and it becomes overwhelming. And that's the case with the next one that's, that's cited. They're just too big. If they're too big, we get overwhelmed and we just chunk them. So uh, sometimes we set our goals because it's what other people want wants for us. And you know what? That never works out. But the number one reason that we don't achieve our goals is this, is that 
we don't write them down and we don't have a written plan to make them happen. I mean, look, we can't just go into this new year and hope things get better. No, we have to have a plan for things to, to be better. Proverbs 17, 24 says, an intelligent person aims at wise actions. And this means they not only have goals, but they have a written plan to make those goals come to life in, in their life. Let's face it, we all need to change something, okay? If we're not changing, we're not growing. And the problem today is, is a lot of us are stuck and we're stuck in fear. And there's the good kind of fear that we have, uh, like the fear of God. But then there is this fear that uh, where we've just overanalyzed. I call it paralysis of analysis. And we get stuck and we don't know how to move forward. Well, I hope today that the things that I'm about to share with you are going to help you to move along and to help you not be stuck or to get unstuck. And I want you to write these things down. And uh, I'm going to lean into that word write or, or writing things down. I think that's important because if we can think it, if we can say it, and we can write it down, it's clear. If, it's, if not, then it's probably vague. So the first thing I want to share with you is you have to take responsibility for your own life. You do. Galatians uh, 6, 5, it tells us this. Paul wrote, he said, each person must be responsible for himself. And we all know this. People who blame and accuse others are never going to be successful. So we have to take we have to take responsibility and say, hey, I'm I'm owning this part, these this part in my life. It may be 90 percent somebody else's fault. But what about your 10 percent? Because that's what I'm responsible for. Next, you know what? You have to believe in yourself or better yet, you have to believe in who lives inside of you. Now, look, if you are a non-believer, I don't want you to check out on us right now. OK, hang in here with us and listen, because I think there's some things here that are going to help you as well. OK, but one of the things that I love about Celebrate Recovery is that every person who walks through our doors are called on to make a commitment to Jesus. It is very clear. It is very straightforward. And in line with Romans 11:36 uh, through 12:2, this is what we refer to as God's change process, where we have to retrain our thinking or retrain our mind and change the way that we think about life. And we have to stop saying, I can't. And we have to start saying, I can because the person who says, I can't, and the person who says, I can, they're both right. They are. Let me ask you something. Do you really believe Philippians 4.13? I mean, we quote it a lot. We know it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And what that means, if you truly believe, is this, is that, hey, I'm, and there's nothing that I'm going to get into this year, no problem, no circumstances, no situation, nothing that I can't handle without the help of Christ. You know, I'm not talking about positive thinking here either. I'm not talking about psyching yourself up and saying, hey, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Look, there are some things that no matter how much you think you can, you can't. It's just, you're just not going to be able to do it. What I'm talking about here is a supernatural power. 
that Christ gives us when we become believers and followers. And that's why I say, that's why we say at Celebrate Recovery, you need a power greater than yourself. And that power is Jesus because he can do the impossible in our lives. He can. But because I believe, I can change. I can, not on my own power, but with the power of Christ. And you know what? If you'll read your Bible every single day, you'll read dozens of stories of people who came to believe uh, that their life could change because they put their trust in Jesus. Next, you have to simplify and clarify. Clarify what you really want in life. And I want to spend just a few minutes here, okay? You have to decide what's important to you. And you have to decide what's not important to you, too. I mean, God's given all of us this incredible gift, and it's called free will. Uh, it's the freedom to choose. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. It's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, where it says, Let us make man in our image. That's one of the things he's talking about there. One of the ways that you're different from animals is that God give you the ability to, uh, to make a choice between right and wrong, to choose between good and evil. But I want you to listen to what Job wrote here in, in chapter 34, verses 3 through 4. He says, we can choose the sounds we want to listen to. We can choose the taste we want in food, and we can choose to follow what is right. But first, we must define among ourselves what is good. You should highlight define what is good in your Bible app. That means what I really want and what, or what I really need, the good I should be. You know, it's amazing to me that most people... Uh, they never do this and never stop and figure out what it is that they should be doing with their life or what goals they should have. Uh, uh, you know, what, what, what do you value? What really counts? I mean, we can't do what's important in this new year until we clarify what's important in this new year. Otherwise, you know what? We're going to be pushed around by life. And, you know, I, as I thought about that, I thought about the old pinball machines. As you pull the ball back and that ball goes up and it starts to come down, it's a beautiful picture of life when that ball starts bouncing back and forth. And then all of a sudden, man, you're involved in this, you're involved in that, you're going back and forth, and you miss the flipper button and it's game over. The year's gone, and what have you accomplished? What have you accomplished? Our daughter had a birthday back at, uh, a week before Christmas, and she said this. She said, Dad, the days are long, but as I grow older, the years are getting shorter. You know what? She's right. We have to act now, and, and you have to first, though, stop and think, what's important to you? Okay, most people never figure that out. And I say this a lot at Celebrate Recovery. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every single time. But most people, they have this vague idea that, hey, I just want to be happy in life. But we never really sit down and figure out and write down what it is that's going to make us happy in life. Do you know that the same survey I was reading from a while ago uh, shows that less than 5% of Americans write down their goals every year or their goals for life. And the survey also shows that the, the top 5% of the most successful people in the United States today write out their goals. 
they have a greater income and they are more successful. And I even underlined this in the article. They know what they want in life and they go after it. That's amazing to me. This is what I want you to do in the next 48 hours. No, you know what? This is what I want you to do this evening. When things begin to wind down at the house, I want you to block out an hour or two hours, and I want you to write down a couple of things and write these down. First, what do I value in life? Write that down. What's important to me? Okay, the second thing is what do I want to change or what do I need to recover that I might have I lost? You know, I, you got to believe you can change, but first you've got to pinpoint what needs to be changed. James 4, 2 tells us you have not because you ask not, but I say you ask not because you've never really sat down and clarified what you wanted in life or what changes needed to be made. Look, I want you to write those things down and use it as a prayer list for the next two days, the next 48 hours, and then act on it. And this is all about clarifying what you really want. And let me give you a little, a few more suggestions. Let's drill down on this a little bit. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. For some of you as believers, I mean, it's, you're not choosing between uh, good and bad, right or wrong, okay? It's not like, hey, you're going to have a, a, a quiet time or you're going to kill your teenager, that's not how you think. Well, maybe it is, but in reality, it's not. No, the question for some of you is this. It's the difference between good and better and better and best for your life. You know, it says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Some things aren't necessarily wrong. They just aren't necessary. And you don't have time for everything in life, so you've got to figure out a couple of three or four things that you need to accomplish. What's really important this year? Let me take it a step further and, and write this down. What's going to last? What's going to last? Because a lot of things aren't going to last. They're urgent, but they aren't important in your life, okay? There's a big difference between urgency and importance, all right? Now, some of you and this is kind of tough, all right? You're flirting with disaster. You're in a lot of pain. You're in a lot of pain emotionally and mentally. You're on the verge of being spiritually bankrupt. I mean, look, COVID has caused a lot of stress factors in all of us, but we've isolated and that's why we're in the, in the situation that we're in. So where do you start? Well, I'm glad you asked. And I tell everybody this, what's causing you the most pain? That's where you start and you clarify. Some of you, some of you are saying this, and this is something that I hear quite often, and uh, it's, it's not that bad. I bet you I've heard that statement every week for the last three months. It's not that bad. Well, how bad does it have to get? How bad does that habit that you never intended to become a habit have to get before you change? Let me say this. I mean, you're not going to be able to get rid of the, the codependency, the pornography issue until you stop drinking and stop medicating. Why? Because these things alter your brain chemistry. You have to address your goals and your plans with a clear and sober mind. Otherwise, you're going to sabotage your recovery. You're going to sabotage your goals and any plans that you make 
to try to, to try to make life better for you. Jeremiah six fourteen says you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. So what's causing you the most pain? That's where you start. Let's move on to the last point. These are three words that'll change your life forever. Just do it. Don't procrastinate, just do it. There's never an ideal time. There is an Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Just do it, start writing now. You know, another phrase that I hear more often than not is when things settle down. When things settle down, I, I wanna let you know, I wanna let you in on a little secret. Things aren't gonna settle down. It's called life, it is. So if you're out there saying, hey, when things settle down, I'm gonna spend more time with my kids. You know what? They'll be grown and gone. When things settle down, I, I'm going to work on my marriage. You know what? Your marriage might end if you wait till things settle down. What I'm saying here is that life has to be enjoyed in all seasons, good and bad. When things, are, are, when things seem perfect and when they're imperfect. Whatever you're going to do, whatever, whatever it is that God has on your heart for you to accomplish this year, we've got to do it now. All right, let me give you a couple of, of action steps. Uh, and this is for everybody out there. Maybe change for you hinges on the fact that you need to make the decision to come out to celebrate recovery. Maybe it's once a week on Thursday night. Maybe you want to join uh, some of our open share groups that happen throughout the week. Maybe you need to join a step study. We've got step studies that are going to be opening up here in just a couple of weeks. And you can get involved in. Maybe you're that person out there who says, okay, I know what I need to change it, but I'm unsure how to make a plan. Well, at Celebrate Recovery, that's what we do. We make plans. We have four key elements that are the framework for everybody's plan that is successful at Celebrate Recovery. Do you know that we've had over 3,000 people in the last 20 years be successful in working through the Celebrate Recovery process? Now, here's the rub. Nothing happens in our lives without accountability. And so I want to encourage you to get two or three other people. You don't need a lot of people, but you hold each other accountable for writing out your goals, for writing down a plan, and you hold each other accountable for making it happen in life, all right? Now, I dare to say here today that, that somebody who's watching is not a believer. And I make no apologies whatsoever in saying that the most significant thing that you can do with your life is to first surrender it to Christ and then join East Ridge Church or get involved in some church somewhere, but get involved with us. Look, it will far outlast your career. It'll far outlast your job or any of your hobbies because what I'm talking about has eternal consequences. So if I can help you with that, call the church here and dial extension 154. I would love to talk with you and, and, and just help you with that. You can indicate it on a connect card. So for all of us though, it's pretty simple what I've said today. We have to take responsibility. We have to believe that we can change. We have to uh, simplify and clarify, and then we just have to do it and follow through. Hey, I wanna pray for you as we close out today. And then I've got a few uh, simple instructions for you and some reminders. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, 
as I come to you today, Lord, as we come to you as family and friends alike, God. This is a brand new year. And God, I know that you have amazing things in store for us for us as individuals. You have amazing things in store for us uh, as a church family and as a body. So God, I pray, Father, that you would impress upon us the things that we need to change, the things that we need to recover that, that may be recoverable, that we've lost, Father, and that you would help us, God, and give us the wisdom, the strength, the courage, and the endurance to face the hard things in our life. And God, to uh, address these things and become more like your son, Jesus. So we rely on you today, God, and we ask that you bless this new year for us, for each and every person uh, that's watching and hears this, God, that you would take care of us, God, that you would keep us healthy, Father, and we're going to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that you do. And I make this prayer in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at Eastridge Church.